0: Log Talk Radio. The following broadcast is brought to you by the iGolf Sports Network. The Women of Golf Show is sponsored by the iGolf Sports Network and Golf Tips Magazine. Here's more about our sponsors. iGolf Sports is a live stream broadcast and media production company providing quality programming designed to attract the golfing enthusiast and golf tips the game's most in-depth instruction magazine, including reviews on the latest equipment, tips from top teaching professionals, all designed to help you improve from tea to green. Good morning, welcome to the Women of Golf, the number one women's golf show around the world, with hosts, Ted Rico and Cindy Miller. Join them as they interview some of the best players from the Symmetra, LPGA, and Legends Tour, and so many others, helping to elevate women's golf. So without further ado, here are your hosts, Ted and Cindy.
1: All right, good morning, everybody, once again, and welcome to the Women of Golf. I'm Ted Odarico, and right alongside, of course, each and every week is none other than LPGA professional and Legends Tour player, Cindy Miller, my co-host and partner in crime. Good morning, Cindy.
2: Good morning, Ted. (laughs) Uh,
1: That is a very cheerful, very resilient good morning. And uh, why don't you tell the folks where you are this morning?
2: I am in French Lick, Indiana, home of Larry Bird and the French Lick Resort, and the Pete Dye, um, <laughs> unbelievable Pete Dye course.
1: And uh, something special is going on this week. Tell us what, what's happening.
2: It is the Senior LPGA Championship. The major championship for the legends of the LPGA. And I happen to be in the field um, Again, it's so funny. What you do 40 years ago matters 40 years later. So I get in off the career money list earnings of uh, 1,000 years ago. So I'm in the field with 78 other best players in the world over 45 years old, including Julie Inkster, Lisa lott Neumann, Laura Davies. Um, lots of really good players.
1: Some big names there for sure, and I know it's going to be a great event. And, and how many years has it been at French Lick? This has been a few years now, right? You know offhand? Seven years.
2: Yep, seven years.
1: Wow. Yes. And it's going to and be it's just, just such, as tough. such a yeah. great
2: facility. I mean, if you've never been here, you've got to take a trip to French Lick. It's just, it's this little town, and, and you pull in, and all of a sudden you see the West Baden Springs Hotel, and you're like, how did this get here? It's a huge dome that it was built in, I think, 1902. It's the most gorgeous thing you've ever seen. And it's like, wait a minute, how does this happen in this tiny little town? And then you drive down the street a little bit further and you see the West Baden Springs, uh, the French Lick Springs Hotel or whatever it's called. It's the big casino. And it looks, it's huge, huge. And I'm like, really? Every time you come here, it's
1: so magical. Yeah, I'm and, the, to be and they, here. yeah, and they've done, yeah, and they've done so much over the years too to renovate and revamp. Um, obviously, it's been there for many, many years, uh, over a century, and uh, the folks at the French Lick Resort uh, uh, behind the scenes have done a great job. And, and yeah, it's a fantastic. Um, we got a great show. Uh, not to detract from that because we're going to talk more about that with our special guest, and I'll tell you in a moment. Um, we're going to start the show off here in just a moment with a great discussion in the No BS Zone, and we're going to talk about why millennial girls don't golf. These are, um, I'll explain and preface it in just a moment. And then a little bit later on, we're going to be joined uh, from French Lick Resort. Um, the PGA Director of Golf Operations, Dave Harner, is going to join us on the second half. So he's going to tell us a little bit more about behind the scenes and about uh, this week's event as well that uh, you, Cindy, are going to be playing in. Uh, but yeah, what a great resort. Um, I have not been yet, but I'm going to make my way up there at some point and uh, and check it out because I, I have no... And the courses too, Cindy, are extremely tough, right?
2: Yeah, like the hardest golf course I've ever played. It's just so intimidating. It's beautiful. It's amazing. But most holes you're playing with clenched butt cheeks so it's right. kind of like all I right think... let's learn how to swing with clenched butt cheeks so i'm gonna do that this week
1: <laughs> i think you said one of the first years that you were up there i think she said used the expression mountain goat <laughs> i think you said uh there's some hills some undulations to say the least um on that peak dive course and uh the ladies are going to be the senior ladies are going to be playing there this week uh at the LPJ champion the senior LPJ championship uh, alongside Cindy Miller so um it's going to be interesting now you've done uh, before we get into our discussion you you were mentioning off air you did some other things uh earlier in the week in in preparation for the event tell us about some of the things that uh, uh that you've been doing at French Lick since you've been there
2: well The facility, again, like I mentioned, is amazing. They also have the Donald Ross course, and the Symmetra Tour has had an event there for at least the last three, four, five years. Um, Mm -hmm. And they have what we call the Valley Links course, which is a nine-hole regulation golf course. It's a little shorter than normal, but um, there's a pro shop there and a driving range, and it's just amazing. So every year that I come... I've made some friends, so I have a golf school, and I did a one-day golf school for a couple friends that um, came over from Indianapolis on Sunday, and then I was lucky enough to be invited to do the women's clinic for Old National Bank, who's the presenting sponsor of this week's event. So we right. had 33 women yesterday <clears throat> at the dye course where we did a three-hour clinic and then they all got to go play golf on the dot or the Donald Ross.
1: Wow, very nice. Wow. Um, so And all this before you actually.
2: Today I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> so today's a practice. I was round. just about. And then.
1: Yeah, I was yeah. just about then to tomorrow say. Yeah, you Wednesday actually get to,
2: get to Pro Am day. Yeah. Now I'm a tour right. player.
1: Right. Exactly. <laughs> now you get to put on uh, another hat. And...
2: To tour yes.
1: <laughs> um. Spin another plate, as they say. Um, Very good. We'll talk about more. Yeah, we'll do more about that. And next week uh, on the show, Cindy, we'll get you to give us a little bit of a recap um, as to how things went this week uh, when you finish up uh, at the uh, Senior LPGA Championship. All right, we're going to enter into the no BS zone. And um, the discussion today is why millennial girls don't golf. Now, um, I'm going to preface this a little bit. I actually... um, got this from a website called next gen golf. We actually had a couple of people a few years back uh, from that organization on here. And it's basically uh, talks about a lot of millennials and, and uh, what they like to do in golf. And a young lady wrote uh, an article, uh, not the most flattering article uh, pertaining to golf. Obviously she does want to play and does enjoy playing, but had some, some issues. And I thought, you know, Some of the points she raised up, you know, I I really wanted to get your thoughts on this because um, obviously you and I are not millennials and uh, we're from a different generation and we look at things a little bit differently and we've grown up in a more, I guess, traditional golf setting. And I just wanted to get your thoughts on this and I thought this would be an interesting discussion because there certainly are a lot of young girls coming to the game, um, some much younger than what would be classified as millennials and millennials are, I think, typically 25 to I believe forty if I'm not mistaken is considered to be millennial, uh maybe forty five. Um and there certainly are some millennial uh girls playing. Uh but this young lady particularly wrote this article and I, I pulled out the points that she had in here. And one of the things that she said and I want to get your thoughts, she said the stereotypes about golf being a boys club haven't changed much. This remains true especially when that boys club includes characters like Mr. Mood Swing. And we know, uh, and we'll talk about that in a moment, um, even as golf is, is certainly diversifying and growing to incorporate new demographics, the centuries-old fraternity mentality is still hard to break up. And I want to get your thoughts on that. I don't know if I agree, because I think there has been a lot of change. Obviously, she's referring to the sort of typical country club mentality where, um, you know, a lot of older seasoned golfers that have been around for a long time uh, are members at at private clubs and things like that. But I think a lot has changed. I don't think I would agree with that entirely. Do you, what are your thoughts?
2: Tell me again, does she play golf? Uh,
1: Yeah, she's not obviously professional. I think she just plays golf, but this is her uh, more her opinions um, as to why she believes uh, a lot of millennials. She's obviously a millennial. Uh, why a lot of them don't play golf, because it's their perception. This is Now, you've got to keep in mind, again, I want to preface this, this is her perception of why it's not necessarily, uh, you know, I'm not want to present it as factual, or uh, it, it's si- simply her opinion, but based on her, her gender and her age group, this is why she feels a lot in her demographics are not playing golf. And there's some other points here, and we'll get to them in a moment, but, you know, I think she's under this mentality that it's still – boys club now obviously more men more boys if you will do play golf still but i think that's changing very rapidly would you not agree
2: yeah i don't agree with her at all i i think you know that's a it's a good excuse you know well i don't play because of this who cares about them don't play with them right so right are there definitely male chauvinist pigs that play golf yeah just as there's fris's that play, you know, that are girls. So, again, Mm. why would you play? Each person has a mind of their own, and they have, you know, they can make a decision to either play or not play for their own particular personal reasons. You know, most young professional women, which, you know, I taught all day yesterday, are out there for fun, to network, to meet people, And to be able to accept the invitation to play corporate golf and and go hang out with the big boys, because needless Mm. to say, you need access. And when you're willing to play, you get, you know, they respect you more. So she may believe that. I don't believe that.
1: Yeah, and and I think, too, the other thing I want to point out, uh, you know, to sort of counteract what she's saying, I mean – You know, we're in, well, depending on who you listen to, we're still in a pandemic. We still have issues of of COVID and that rising up. And last year in 2020, obviously, was the brunt of it. And yet, despite all of that, there was a a massive uptick in people playing golf. But also, a lot of new people came to the game that had never played before. And what was interesting, and I got this stat through uh, somebody very well respected in the industry, uh, VP of Sales from Volvic uh, USA. And he was reading some of the, the stats that came from the National Golf Foundation and last year, during a pandemic, there were over four hundred thousand young women and women in general that came to this game last year. That's a big number. And it ranged from ages as young as age thirteen upwards into, you know, mid late forties and, and certainly beyond. There were some there, but a good bulk of them were in that uh, range. So I don't know if I would agree with that. I think I understand the premise of what she's trying to say, but I think she needs to, to do a little bit more homework and look at the way the game is now. Maybe 40, 50 years ago, that may have been more of a true statement, but I don't believe that today. I mean, you look at the LPJ and you look at the Symmetra Tour, the young ladies that are coming up, um, there's a lot of interest. Maybe in her, her immediate social circles, maybe that's a feeling they have because of not a lot of people in her local area, her age, are playing, particularly female. So I could see where she may draw that conclusion. But I think she needs to look at the whole picture. So I, I would say sort of a big X to that. I don't agree with that. I think it's uh, a stereotype that, as you said, somebody's clinging on to um, that maybe, you know, they're not really uh, researching as much as they should and, and looking into the changes that have gone on because there has been some big changes over the last few decades in this industry. And um, right now, approximately 30 to 35% of all new golfers every year are women. And that's a pretty good number considered to what they were, you know, 40, 50 years ago. So it's definitely growing thanks to, you know, individuals like yourself and the LPGA organization who are out there really uh, helping to attract women to the game and being leaders uh, in this industry. So I would definitely, a big X through that one as well. The other one, too, that she brings up, Cindy, is, and and this is really interesting, and again, I I take into consideration her, I don't know what her exact age is, but obviously she's a young millennial, Um, and and I'm quoting her, uh, the outfits suck, and she says, and this is her words, not mine, so any (laughs) ladies listening to the show, don't get mad at me, Uh, but she says, let me preface this by saying that the female apparel section of any golf store or pro shop is typically only one or two shelves, and with very few options. And in her experience, again, this is her, not me, um, it has been extremely frustrating to try and find golf clothes that she finds stylish as a young woman. She said, I could write a 50-page essay about the topic, but I'll try to keep this brief. Who doesn't uh, love loud colors and designs tackier than an ugly Christmas sweater? So she's very, very, um, uh, and and she goes on. There's some other things we'll we'll talk about in a minute. But she obviously is, is... in a situation where I think she's using tunnel vision. I think she's taking a couple of scenarios and blanketing the industry because, and I'm going to let you talk in a second, but Cindy, you know, last year we didn't have the PGA uh, show live. It was a virtual show, so we didn't really get to appreciate it, but uh, you and I met two years ago um, at the PGA show, and I walked through uh, some of the areas, some of the vendors that were there, uh, meaning young women that were, and there were some very stylish designs in fact, I was very envious because the men's section didn't seem to have too much going on. But, um, but again, I don't agree with this at all. I think it's you know it's in the eye of the beholder, and I think it's also age appropriate. I think as you, um, you know, as, as we mature, our tastes change in that. But what do you think about that? I mean, what what are your thoughts here? Do you agree that maybe um, that the the trends or the styles in, in women's golf fashion tend to be very um, you know, ultra-conservative maybe? Is that what she's trying to say, do you think?
2: Um, I think she needs a hug. (laughs) (laughs) And I think she, um, again, it depends on the pro shop. I've been in pro shops where it's like, oh, there's nothing in here for women. And you want to know why? Because women don't buy things. That's why. Men go in and buy all kinds of stuff and don't even look at price tags. Women go in and look at price tags. Women are the hardest people in the world to please. So if she Mm -hmm. um, really searched, you know, women's cool golf clothing or whatever, she could find all kinds of very cool outfits if she looked. But it sounds to me like she just wants to bash the game. And, you know, God bless her if that's what she wants to do.
1: You know, and here, here's an example, just a couple of examples. She said the Bermuda shorts and visor pairing uh, equal not cute, and not is in capitals. And she said, how many pla- uh, plaid, argyle, and checkered prints can golf companies make before they realize they're just plain ugly? Uh, and don't even get me started on those horrid uh, invention that is the skort, uh, you know, skirt-shorts hybrid, if you will. Um, and she goes on to say, wow, this lovely skort is on sale for a low price of $65.97. Uh, what a bargain, said no one ever. So she's very and, – and this is what comes to mind. I'm a firm believer if, if you've gone out and tried something, then you've got a right to bitch. Pardon the expression. I, I propose for her, go out and develop your own golf fashions and see what people say about those before you criticize others in the industry. I think there's a lot of great um, fashion in, in, I mean, women by far are more fashionably dressed than men are. I can attest to that from my own personal. Um, And I just think, you know, if you're going to make a a statement like that or criticize what you see, get out there and do something yourself and don't just criticize while you sit behind. Right.
2: If that, if her opinion is the opinion of most millennials and young people, and she were to create her own clothing line, which I have done by myself, then she will make a fortune because that means that everyone will buy her apparel. So, again, she's, she's just very I, – I, I think she's just trying to offend people. And get a reaction yeah. what she's doing with us, which you know it's right. like well, I can't be bothered.
1: Right, and this is just a discussion. I, I'm I certainly don't agree, uh, you know, with what she's saying. But I, I thought it was an interesting discussion. This is this is a millennial, and this is her take on why she feels uh, millennial golfers uh, or women are not golfing. Um, and I, I don't agree with that. I don't think that's the reason. I think more likely, what it is. And this goes to um, the next point she makes is forget the gender gap. The generation gap is a bigger roadblock. More than half of the, all golfers are 50 or older. And she said, as an example, sometimes when I play around at a public course, I'm paired with middle-aged men and feel out of place. I don't smoke cigars, I'm no good at shop talk, and I don't have a pension. Therefore, I cannot contribute much to the conversation, leaving me as obsolete as a four-iron. And jokes aside, the lack of peer golfers can be a huge turnoff to young women as well as young men looking to learn the sport and play casually with friends. So here's what I would suggest, and then I want to get your thoughts in this. It sounds to me that she doesn't have a lot of um, – probably not a lot of friends, but uh, hey, that's my opinion um, – but young women in her age group that play golf. So I would say to her, start your own group. Invite some of your closest girlfriends and say, hey, this is something I'm kind of interested in. Maybe you are or maybe you're not. Let's do some. Let's go and play nine. Let's go to a wine and nine or something, assuming they're of age. Um, and, and, or, or go out and play um, even out to the range and then do something fun. Out. Maybe go shopping after. So you know, instead of just lumping yourself in with a group of older men, invite some other young women your age out to the golf course and kind of make a little, you know, day of it or a part of a day of it and, and find some things to do. There's all kinds of great clinics out there for women um, that they would enjoy and they have a lot of different things. But I always say be proactive. Don't sit back on the fence and point and criticize what everybody else is or isn't doing. Get out there and do it yourself. Make a change. What do you think?
2: Well, I was going to mention that about friends, too, um, Again, she's just trying to whine and complain. Um, God knows if she ever wanted to climb the corporate ladder, I mean, don't even bother because you should go get a job where you get a pension too so you don't have to talk to people. But anyway, uh, that being said, again, take the take the bull by the horns and start your own group and, and find an LPGA Pro locally. That does a lot of clinics. I do playing lessons every Friday, and I I invite mm-hmm. men and women, but mainly you know it's women that don't know what they're doing. And I'm like, I'm going to be your safe place. You know, you're going to come play nine holes with me. I'm going to teach you what clubs to hit from where. You're going to figure out your yardages, and then you'll be ready to go accept that corporate um, outing invitation or mm-hmm. charity event. Uh, I've got a I've got attorneys, I've got law firms that are paying for their people to learn how to play i've created a an online course from the back nine to the boardroom so again it's why do you play and if you're just playing for recreation then go find some friends that want to play for fun and i wouldn't go play a public course with a bunch of old guys that are smoking cigars. but i don't want to do that either so i wouldn't i would make my own group so all right what's the last yeah and i mean you got one more
1: yeah yeah we got one (laughs) Yeah, let's let's move on. I hear you. Um, the last one is, and, and this is, yeah, I I agree. We should have invited her on the show. Um, but you know, most golf courses is her again her words. Most golf courses are built by men for men, and she goes on to say, oftentimes the layout of a course is tailored towards men's shot distance uh, and playing style. No one likes having to lay up twelve times around. If I had, a, and she goes on. If I had a nickel for every time I was forced to hit an iron off the tee uh, due to my inability to carry a strategically placed pond, I'd be rich enough to buy every pair of argyle Bermuda shorts ever manufactured just so I could burn them. So I, I don't know. Wow. I think somebody's done something. Wow. Yeah, somebody's wow. done something wow. in a place. But let, let me just, yeah, let me just go on this, and then I, and then then I'll get you to to respond. Here's the thing. Yes. <laughs> Most of the manufacturers are, are um, course designers out there currently are certainly men, just like most uh, architects are men uh, that 's just the way it 's been, but there's more and more women um, that are, are transitioning into that as they become executives and, and get out and do their own things uh, business wise and so forth um, and The courses are not being designed for men. It's a very sexist comment, really, to be honest, and and it's a little bit offensive because the truth of the matter is, just from reading this, it sounds to me she needs some golf lessons because or talk to some of these young women. hit it
2: farther, so you can carry the water. I mean, Jesus, stop whining.
1: I mean, some of these young women that we talk to from the Symmetra Tour. Now, I realize these are professionals. But some of them are 18, 19, early 20s. They're carrying it 285 yards. That's more than most the average male golfer can hit it. So it sounds to me that, just from my opinion, that she's not a very good golfer, which, hey, we all have to start somewhere. And rather than doing something to improve herself, to make it more fun and more enjoyable and invite others in her group, it sounds like she's complaining because of her own inaccuracies or inabilities and is using that as a reason to, as you said, to bash the industry. And I think it's very, very um, uh, childish, <laughs> to say the least. Um, well, what again, do you think?
2: I, I'm going to send me a link to that article. I might send her one of my it boxes. The first thing in the box mm-hmm. is get off the nail, stop whining, and do something about your pain. So – why don't you quit playing and quit bashing everybody? So that's what I would say. Yeah. She just doesn't. She wants yeah, to. Yeah, I hide. agree. And, and again, she's going to get reactions, and that maybe is why she wrote it the way she wrote it, because you know, well, I don't. Clearly, she hasn't read the book How to Win Friends and Influence People.
1: <laughs> well, and here's something. This is the closing comment that she made, and and this pretty much sums it up. Uh, again, shows her lack of understanding of golf. She said, this is just my opinion on why golf is uninviting to young women. The golf industry needs to adapt and consider why female millennials are passing up golf as a hobby. I'd certainly like to see more millennial girls pick up golf in the next few years, but some necessary changes need to be made first. So first off, I would say in, in conclusion, uh, I wish we had a no BS meter or buzzer that we could push because that would get the biggest one of all. Um, she obviously has not done very much research because the LPGA and its organization, with all of its members, you included, have done a phenomenal job over the last several decades of attracting women. And I would love for this young lady to sit down. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have too many left, but some of the founders, um, you know, like a Shirley Spork as an example comes to mind, I think Shirley would have some words for this young lady on, on uh, women's golf and where it has gotten today. Um, I think she would have some very sound advice for her, what do you think?
2: Totally agree, totally agree. It's just, it's very sad.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah it, it really is, um, because obviously she doesn't understand um, what has gone on, and she's written an article, as, he, as you said, I think more to draw attention, and it's not really based on fact. It's certainly her opinion, and she's entitled to her opinion, but it's a very negative approach. Um, I think I would rather have written an article to find ways to encourage people instead of bashing um, you know, the industry as a whole and saying we're not doing well, anything to attract young just, golfers.
2: Yeah, let yep, me just ahead. say one thing. And this is, you know, but it's the hand everything to me. So she's like, well... Wow, Golf needs to change for me. <laughs> well, don't play yep. golf. Golf has changed. Right. And if it, and yep. if you can't see that, and you want to whine, and you want everything handed to you, that's not the way the world works. Go get yep. a job. I I pension. agree. And yeah, And that's I, not uh, to knock people that have pensions. You know, that's not to knock those people at all. But the point is, you know, you're not going to be a leader, and you have to learn how to deal with people. So. That's my two cents. Well, I think,
1: yeah, I think on this one, I think we'll have to change it from the no BS zone to the BS zone. Um, why mm-hmm. millennial girls don't golf, because that was the biggest batch of bull Durham I think I've heard in a long time. All right, we've got to move on. Uh, we're going to be joined by our very special guest, but in the meantime, here's a quick message from Golf Tips Magazine.
0: The following ad is sponsored by Golf Tips Magazine.
1: Are you tired of being short off the tee? And what about those three putts forget about it it's time you got serious about your game golf tips the most in-depth magazine in the industry for over 30 years golf tips has delivered expert content such as the latest golf instruction from america's top pros simple to follow practice and game improvement drills fitness and mental game tips equipment training aids accessory and apparel reviews golf destinations and travel tips for every budget and so much more. Don't miss a single issue. Go to golftipsmag.com and subscribe today. All right, Cindy, we're uh, going to be joined this morning uh, once again. He hasn't been here for a little bit, but uh, we're glad to welcome him back, the PGA Director of Golf Operations at French Lick Resort, Mr. Dave Harner. So let's welcome Dave to the show.
2: Good morning. Hi.
3: It is a good morning. it is. It's
2: Beautiful day in French Lick, Indiana.
3: It's just a touch on the warm side, but uh, you kind of expect that here in August, so we'll make it.
2: Nice. Ted, go ahead.
3: <laughs> Indeed. So, uh,
1: so Dave, let me ask you, first off, welcome to the show. We're glad to have you uh, back on.
3: And uh, you've been
1: with French Lick for quite a while now, since I believe 1976, is that correct?
3: That's correct. Yeah, I've been here. Uh, August the sixteenth was forty-five years. Wow. Now that
1: is some dedication. Obviously, you love it there. So, before we get into what's what's happening this week at French Lick, sitting uh, there, we're talking a little bit about uh, a little bit about the history. So maybe you could just sort of uh, give us a quick recap of some of the things that have gone on over the last many decades at French Lick. Uh, there's obviously been some renovations and some. Uh, upgrades and things along the way but maybe kind of give us an overview for those that maybe are not familiar with the French Lick Resort
3: French Lick um, was one of the eleven original gaming licenses in the state of Indiana and finally gained approval to build a casino here in 2004 the the Cook Group uh, they're a medical device company out of Bloomington, Indiana they're the world's largest privately held medical device company Um, Our founder was known for the uh, introduction of the stent and through the needle surgeries and several other technologies in the medical field, although he wasn't a a doctor, he was an engineer. So uh, Mr. Cook had a great interest in historic buildings. Uh, The West Baden Springs Hotel was uh, adjacent to the French Lick Hotel and had basically fallen into ruin, and he and his group came in in 1996 and started to do some stabilization of the building. Um uh, they got into it about $35 million. Then along came the casino. We, uh, we had Donald Trump uh, selected as the operator of the casino, and he never uh, followed through that obligation, and consequently Cook formed its own gaming company and bought both resorts and spent over $600 million here, including about $50 million in, in golf course construction and renovation. So that's where we are today.
1: Wow, um, they have obviously done a great job. You know, Cindy, I know you can attest to that. You've been there a number of times. Um, how old, Dave, is the resort? When when was it first um, in place? And uh, obviously, as I said, the Cooks family has uh, organization has taken over uh, some years ago and, and really brought it up to uh, to where it currently is. But when was the resort uh, first uh, put in place?
3: Well, the very first uh, hotel was built on the site here in 1845, and then uh, wow. the most recent version of the French and West Baden Springs Hotel. Both were built in 1901, so that's kind of where it came. We've been uh, owned by various family organizations, uh, Cox Hotel Corporation, Boykin Lodging, and uh, Sheraton for many years, and now we're independent and doing our own thing. Fantastic. Cindy, go ahead.
2: When was the West Baden Springs Hotel totally redone? What year was that?
3: We opened it in 2008, but it actually started back in 1996 with the Cooks' initial investment. So you know, it's been an ongoing um, construction. We had, you know, when we started the serious renovation of the place, the um, uh, 60 rooms of that hotel had basically fallen off the side of the uh, of the building. So. That's that's the shape that it was, you know, the ruin that it was in to the point that they had to put a, a structural steel um, bracing inside every floor and every every hallway to hold the thing together. And you know, prior to that, it was uh, prior to the Astrodome, it was the world's largest self-supporting dome. So it's a little over an acre inside the main atrium of the hotel. Wow,
2: it's so beautiful, Ted. You've got to come up here. This place is amazing. I know. Now, tell us about the spring,
3: Dave. French Lake's the bigger of the two hotels. It's uh, 471 rooms, and it's, uh, you know, a little more of a, 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 I want to say, active, uh, noisy, typical casino-type hotel. A lot of activity, a lot of group meetings. We have several hundred thousand square feet of meeting space, and uh, can accommodate, accommodate about any kind of a, a meeting or convention. We just had the National Porsche Club here with over a thousand cars about a month ago. So, um, you know, we, we're really active in the in the meetings uh, area with associations and with um, with corporate. Uh, we have a spa at each hotel. We have a bowling alley at the French Lick Hotel inside. Um, we have a horseback uh, riding stable. Um, just a lot of different things to do. Plus, of course, the casino right adjacent to French Lake.
2: And what about the mineral springs?
3: That's actually how the hotels came to be. Um, you know, this place was a, a wellness resort back in the early days. People came to drink the water. French Lake had a, a branded water that they bottled and sold worldwide called Pluto water. And Pluto, of course, was the Greek god of the underworld. Uh, Strong resemblance to the devil. (laughs) And then Wes Baden had their own brand of water, which was called sprudel water. He was a little mythical elf-like character, and that was their their brand. And then, uh, you know, when they studied the water years later they competed for that business and years later when they studied the water they found it came from the same vein of water so it was exactly the same water and um, later found that it had a very high lithium content so that's why everybody felt better when they drank the water
2: (laughs) go ahead
1: (laughs) that's incentive on its own uh, besides all the the, uh, the beautiful scenery and the the accommodations that's a good enough reason to get, to get my butt up to French Lick Resort just to uh, to feel better. Um, so Dave, uh, Cindy and I were talking a little bit before you came on um, about uh, an event that's been there now for a number of years and that's the Senior LPGA Championship. Uh, give us a, a little bit of an overview of the event and when was the first uh, year? Has this been uh, five, six, seven years now that the event's been hosted at French Lick and of course this year it's been uh, these, um Presenting sponsor is Old National Bank. Uh, Tell us a little bit about the event.
3: Well, the event actually um, grew out of a a legend of the LPGA event that we started here back in 2013. We held that event uh, 13, 14, 15, and 16. And then in uh, winter of 2016, we were sitting in the atrium one day with Jane Blaylock, and we were talking with uh, our... Chairman of the Board Steve Ferguson and uh, we were talking about the USGA and how they were going to going to host the first US Senior Women's Open and Mr. Ferguson said, "Well, why don't we have a, a Senior LPGA Championship?" And you know, he said, "I'd be willing to to step up to the plate to make that happen." So they put in a call to Mike Wan and um, the rest is history. So in 2017, we held the first Women's Senior Major here at French Lick, uh, the Senior LPGA. Uh, Trish Johnson won that event, and then of course in uh, 18 Laura Davies and in 2019 Helen Alfredson. So this will be our fourth senior LPGA. But nine wow, years with great. the uh, nine years with the uh, legends of the LPGA.
1: Right. Right. Yeah, I knew it was there. I, I didn't know for sure. Um, that's right. I remember now the change uh, uh, with the senior l p j event. Um, and also, uh, there's a lot going on this week. It's, all, it's not just the golf that's going to be happening a little bit later on in the week today. I believe it's today is the uh, uh, or tomorrow is the Pro-Am. Is that correct?
3: We have two days of Pro-Am. It's a popular event, so we host, uh, host two days for our sponsors. We have one on uh, Wednesday one on Thursday. We have our Pro-Am parties on Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Um, the Legends Hall of Fame induction is also on Wednesday night at the second Pro-Am party. And, um, you know, the big part of this event is the Riley Children's Hospital kids. They, uh, they'll be on site here on Friday and Saturday, and they're actually our honorary starters on the weekend. So it's a big thrill for those kids to come down and, and meet the ladies. You know, be a part of the event. Of course, they're a very worthwhile charity, and have been our charity since uh, 2014.
1: Yeah, the Riley Children's Foundation. It is a great organization, and it's nice that um, you know the kids get a, an opportunity to to really participate in some way in the event to, to have a little bit of special time with you w- uh, with some of the senior ladies uh, on the LPGA. Um, and also, there's an auction, correct? When does the auction take place, or has it already taken place?
3: uh the auction's ongoing through Wednesday night uh, to find out more about the art au- there's some great vacation packages by the way there's some some um great other things as well uh you can go on our website at frenchlake.com click on golf championships and the auctions under senior LPGA
1: and, and as you, you said a lot a of month. great uh, I, yeah a lot of great items to to bid so they can definitely do that and lastly, one of the things I want to um, get your, your thoughts on, this is something that, you know, often I think is overlooked, uh, people forget or don't realize um, about an event like this, but there's um, a lot that goes on behind the scenes. Uh, you have a lot of volunteers that obviously help out. Uh, maybe you could uh, touch on a, lo- a little bit about that if you wouldn't mind.
3: You know, we feel like we've got the greatest of volunteers in golf. We've had some that have been with us since 2010. We held the... Uh, PGA Professional National Championship here. Um, We've held the Indiana Open a couple of times. We had the USGA Men's State Team Championship. In 2015, we had the Senior PGA and then, of course, the ladies. But uh, many of these volunteers have been with us since 2010, so they're the most loyal, dedicated group of people you'll ever want to meet. Larry Kidwell's been our volunteer coordinator and his assistant, Wally DeFord. They've been with us since 2010 also. So um, I can't say enough about them. We couldn't do it without them.
1: And 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 Dave, just um, maybe you can uh, let the folks know they're listening uh, that might be up in that area or planning at some point uh, being up in that area. If they'd like to uh, volunteer for an event, what what do they do? How do they go about doing? that? How do you become a volunteer at one of the events?
3: We always have that information online well in advance on the FrenchLeague.com website. We also blast out the link via social media, uh, via our email database. You know, we've been pretty fortunate because generally we can send an email out to our uh, volunteer database and fill it. But uh, we're always happy to have some new ones, and uh, it's it's a great opportunity to get up close to the players and and you really really experience the event in a different way.
1: Yeah, I've in the past have volunteered at uh, a number of events and it is a lot of fun. It's a great way to, to come in and, and see what uh, is going on and be part of the action. And uh, you get to meet a lot of uh, very interesting people that uh, get out there and battle it out uh, during the event uh, tournament. Um, Cindy, go ahead.
2: Dave, after being at French Lick for 45 years and seeing everything that they've done, what's your biggest thrill? What's your biggest most memorable thing that's happened to you?
3: Oh gosh, I don't know. You know, I I've been pretty fortunate in my career from a personal standpoint. I've you know, I've won the Professional of the Year and the Strauss Ball Award and some Merchandiser of the Year Awards. I I still get the biggest thrill though out of, of seeing my customers happy. I mean that's probably the Overall, some people get a thrill from shooting 65, and not that I wouldn't get a thrill from that, but I know that's probably not realistic, but I can sure uh, make the experience enjoyable for people who come here. So that's kind of the thing we strive for, and that's what probably makes me the happiest.
2: Well, that's awesome, and I think you had uh, about 40 women really happy yesterday. You did a great job. Well, you played a
3: big part in that, Cindy.
2: Wow, well, I'm sure, it was, I'm it sure was you fun. got them all.
3: I'm sure you got them all hitting it great.
2: I did. A couple of people were a little skeptical and questioning me. I said, "Don't question me. I'm the fairy golf mother. I'm going to help you get better." <laughs> yeah, I know
3: Mike helped you out a little bit there yesterday. Hopefully, he was. Uh, he did. He was
2: the great. Godfather a great yesterday.
3: Guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Mike's, he was awesome. Mike's been with mike Mike's been with me since 1987.
2: What a nice guy, too. Boy, they loved him.
3: Good deal. Glad to hear that. I'll pass that along.
2: I already texted him last night. We're buddies now. Oh,
3: good deal. Good deal. (laughs) Yep, (laughs) yep. Hopefully you guys can work together again in the future.
2: Yeah, I'm ready, willing, and able. Anytime you need me, call me, because I'd love to come over here.
3: Well, we'll we'll,
2: we'll probably
3: be...
1: Yeah, it's a great, uh, it's definitely a great place. Cindy uh, obviously has spoken very highly of it over uh, several years uh, of being there and, and obviously is going to participate in this week's uh, very special event. And, you know, the interesting thing I want to make note of, you guys have done, in, a, in addition to obviously this event, uh, doing it now for a number of years, uh, you also in recent years have begun hosting uh, one, of the, uh, one of the Symmetra Tour events. Is that correct? Tell us a little bit about that.
3: Yeah, we've hosted the Symmetra Tour for three years over at the uh, the Donald Ross Course. We play an event called the Donald Ross Classic that benefits our local Habitat for Humanity chapter. And um, you know, the, those young ladies are the real deal. I mean, they're they're the future of women's golf, and uh, we've been happy to to have them. Um, we've had some great winners. You know, we had uh, Patty Tavantanakit won our event in 2019, mm-hmm. and this year. Uh, Casey Danielson from Wisconsin was the winner. And we've had uh, Aaron Lee and uh, Stephanie Kono as winners also. So this is our fourth year to host that event. And uh, next year we'll be moving that event up to the die Course, and it'll be a four-round tournament. It'll be the largest purse in the history of the Symmetra Tour with a $50,000 winner's check. So I'm sure all those players will be excited. Yeah, they'll be working on their
1: games, trust me yeah we've had a number of the young ladies that you mentioned uh, I guests on the show as they've won their events, and um, I'm just incredible you know and you know Cindy and I are amazed at just the distance that these young ladies can hit it um, and the confidence and the professionalism right Cindy, i mean we 've talked about this before, they just really have their stuff together, they get out there they 're very confident, and just you know get out there and do what they need to do to get the job done and um, you know, what a great uh, – now, why are they moving it uh, to, the, uh, to the feet die course? Is it just wanting to make a change to the event, or what was the reason for doing that?
3: Well, I think the die gives it a big status, and it's uh, – to be honest with you, the Donald Ross doesn't have a driving range, and it's not a real spectator-friendly golf course. So we're going to try it over here. Um, you know, this thing, Pete laid it out for championships, and um, – we feel like this is a, a better venue to accomplish what we're trying to do here.
1: Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And they're definitely going to, uh, as they say, test their metal on uh, on the Pete Dye course. Um, so is there anything um, new that's coming to French Lick in the future that you can share with us, or, or is it still sort of under the veil? Um, What's new and upcoming um, that you see down the road at French Lick that you guys are excited about?
3: Well, of course, I'd love to build another nine holes for our uh, Valley Links golf course, and we've talked around, you know, talked about it, kicked it around a little bit. Our uh, our thought was to build a combination uh, nine-hole regulation slash par three, something similar to the Cradle and some of the other short courses, but have the option of playing a regulation course as well. So we've kicked that around a little bit. Now with the recovery of golf, you know, there's a there's a possibility that could come. You know, event side, we'll have the uh, 22 uh, Big Ten Men's Championship here. Uh, that'll be televised on Big Ten Network. Then we'll have the Indiana Amateur. The last time the Amateur was held here was in 1922, so it only took us 100 years to get it back. <laughs> we must have done something <laughs> terrible back in
2: 1922.
3: But uh, And then in, uh, in August, the 1st through the 7th, we'll have the... Uh, French Lake Resort Stroke Play Championship on the Symmetric Tour.
2: That's awesome.
1: Redemption's a wonderful thing,
3: Dave. Um, yeah, it is. It only took so,
1: 100 years.
3: We're fairly conservative so here ask, in Indiana. I,
1: I couldn't agree. So let me ask you... Um, As far as the fans, obviously there's an event now with with COVID, you know, uh, still around. Obviously there's certain precautions that need to be taken. But uh, if people want to uh, come and watch this week's event, the Senior LPGA Championship, um, can they get tickets advance, or is it uh, come as you are, or what's the deal for that?
3: Well, you know, we found that golf is probably the safest activity that you can engage in uh, in COVID times. We we saw that last year. We see it again this year. So, you know, it's a great opportunity to get out in the, the open air and, you know, not be in a, an enclosed crowd. Uh, tickets are free this year. We're not, we're not going to charge for tickets. We will have a, a donation um, box at the gate uh, strictly for the Riley kids. Uh, but there right. is no charge for tickets, and parking is on site. So you'll be able to drive right in, park, be shuttled up to the, uh, to the hospitality areas.
1: Fantastic. Well, Dave, we want to thank you for joining us this morning and sharing uh, some more great news about French Lick Resort. It's a fantastic, uh, and I'm Cindy. I'm going to make sure I, I've got to make point of next year of coming uh, up to this event because uh, it sounds like a lot of fun. I'm going to try to get there before then, but uh, definitely for this. But Dave, we want to thank you for coming on and uh, once again and talking about French Lick. It is a fantastic uh, property. Lots going on, and for those that want to see some of the best ladies on the LPJ that have been there for many, many decades, you want to see how they put it together on the golf course, you want to head to the French Lick Resort this week and uh, check out the senior ladies at the L P J Championship. Dave, thank you very much, and uh, much continued success, and um, we're looking forward to uh, seeing what's new and exciting coming to French Lick as, uh, as time goes on.
3: Well, we thank you very much, and we'll try to keep it exciting.
2: Thank you, You Dave. know you
3: will. Okay.
1: Thanks.
2: Have a great right,
1: day. Thanks. See Bye-bye. you soon. All right, we'll wrap up here in just a second. So you're going to go and warm up and, and get ready for your event. Uh, what's your game plan for this week, or do you have
2: one? I've got a practice round today, and um, I am an alternate for the pro am. So that on Wednesday, I am not playing on Thursday because it's a pro-am day and I'm not an alternate or in the event. So I'm going to rest up because it's going to be like between 90 and 96 degrees every day. And being from Buffalo, uh, that's a little difficult on me. So um, (laughs) I'm just going to practice. I'm going to go practice my short game because I know I'm going to miss some greens. So I got to be able to get it up and down.
1: Well, we want to wish you, um, Luck this week, but more importantly, uh, go out and have fun and enjoy it because that's what this game is really about. It's an enjoyment. It's a lot of fun, and um, you have an opportunity that very few uh, in golf get to do, and that is to tee it up with some of the best uh, golfers in the world. Um, And uh, just go out and have some fun, and thanks for all that you do. And and for those of you that want to um, maybe partake in this uh, week's event, uh, you can go to um, French Lick Resort. Go to FrenchLick.com is their website. You can learn more information about it, where it is, and uh, times and so forth. And also, uh, again, as Dave mentioned, you can participate in the uh, auction as well. That's going to be going on until uh, Wednesday, I believe. Uh, the event obviously takes a little; uh, it happens a little bit later on in the uh, in the week. Uh, but it's a great destination, lots to do, and uh, you might. Uh, Have some luck in the casino while you're there as well. But uh, on behalf of Cindy uh, Miller, I'm Ted Odarico. Thanks for tuning in to the Women of Golf. Uh, Thank you for joining us on the show, and we look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks, Cindy, and good luck.
2: Thanks, Ted.
0: Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed listening to this week's Women of Golf Show. Ted and Cindy wish to thank this week's special guests. Remember to join them every Tuesday from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the iGolf Sports Network or on any of these social media platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, Live, and of course Spotify. To get updates on the show, You can follow the Women of Golf Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash womenofgolf. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network.